Thank you for checking out the Missio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as he makes all things new. We are excited to pursue his heart for the greatest city on earth and the center of the city in this great neighborhood of Humble Park. So here we are in the last week. You're like, man, this series is going on and on. But uh, uh, God has really been doing something in our body, like bringing us unity, provision, presence, all the things that we've been praying for during our fast. So much has happened since we began, oh, so long ago, um, with, I think we started with Rahab. No, we started with Hannah, oh, so long ago, and then Rahab, and then Esther, and then David speaking on Zipporah, and then Elizabeth, and here we are now with Mary. And this is a good little lead-in to Advent, which is really about Jesus, but also about Mary, her response to God in the midst of a society and a world that was telling her no. But with her expectation, she rose to the occasion that God had for her in the midst of, of struggle and being unknown and being in poverty. All these things that go along with being a young girl called to a great purpose. And in some ways, we are, we are young or rookies in the thing that God has called us to, which is what many times gives us uh, permission to do that. And so Mary... Um, we talked about last week is being, here comes Gabriel. You know what I'm saying? People should know when they see Gabriel, it's about to be some something unloaded that's heavy. Here comes Gabriel and he presents her with this proposition to say that God has chosen you to bring the Messiah into the world. No small task when all of Israel has been waiting with bated breath to see when the Messiah is going to come and people thought he was going to come in different ways. Some people thought he was going to come in a tank. You know what I'm saying? Some people thought he was going to come on a horse with an Uzi even though it wasn't guns then but still. People thought that he was going to come so many different ways, but he has come through a a mother. The same way that we all come to this earth is the way Jesus comes. And so here he goes and presents this proposition to Mary. He says she is blessed and highly favored. And she's like, "Eh, I don't know what you're talking about. This is so beautiful that God, in all his prescient knowledge, would send this precious, valuable resource of the Messiah in such a precarious way. That if we knew the Messiah was coming at a certain point, we would send probably the secret service. You know what I'm saying? We're like, protect this woman at all costs. But here God humbly drops the seed into a woman by the Holy Spirit, which nobody would ever believe, but except her cousin would believe it. Um, and then this is in Luke 1, 28 through 38. Gabriel appears to imagine an angel appearing to a young girl. Some say she was young as 14. Others say maybe she was 16. He appears to her in all of his glory as a messenger from God. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, 
and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? I don't know a man. <laughs> and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Wow, this is a young girl who says, Let it be to me according to your word. So exactly as you said, let it happen and let it be walked out. We all have so many promises that we are holding on to and, and asking God to bring to fruition, uh, yet it still is space to believe and even to respond. Nobody would expect God to deliver this beautiful, perfect Patrick package of a child to a young virgin who was betrothed to someone that she would respond understanding that she was young, but all the shame that would come with such an assignment. All the feelings of isolation that would come with such an assignment of saying, be it to me according to your word. How do you be, begin to even respond to something like this where God is asking you, you have a small position in society, I want you to give that up for what I am presenting to you, who is the Savior. Her expectation, her anticipation must have been off the charts for knowing and responding this way. But it's a confirmation that God had chosen the right one, that the promise would land on a tender and hungry heart. So many times God chooses us before we've chosen ourselves. He gives us a word. He gives us something to walk out and we don't feel like we are fit to do it whatsoever. But when he chooses, whenever God decides, decides to give you a promise, with it comes the grace to walk it out. It comes with it to do powerfully what you thought you couldn't do before. It says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, For all the promises of God in him... And him, are, and him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us in God, who also has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Yes and amen. This is the way we're supposed to respond to God's promises that he's given us. Yes, let it be according to your word. You will have a child. This church will thrive. You will be financially solvent. You will have all these things that you're walking into. You will see people come to Christ in droves. You will see the darkness in the city push back and our response is yes and amen. Be it to us according to your word, God. And we touched on last week how there's a different standard of obedience. Mary responded to God by saying, how can this be since I've never known a man? And her cousin Zacharias responded to God the same way when he gave him a ridiculous assignment and said that you and Elizabeth in your old age will produce a child. And he's like, responded the same way. How can this be since we are so advanced in age? And you know what God's response to him was? 
you're going to be mute until it comes to pass. Now, why was that a different <laughs> a different response from God. So you had Zacharias who had walked with the Lord for a long time and you had Mary who had walked with the Lord for a lot less, a little older time and they're treated very differently with their standard of obedience. Just like we mentioned last week when Moses decided to hit the rock when God told him to speak to the rock and he was cursed and he couldn't even see the promised land. Why? When we walk with the Lord, we're building a level of intimacy that, de that demands a different level of obedience. That is not the same expectation my wife has for my children that she has for me. And as we walk with the Lord, we're like, man, there's some people who can't go to church. It seems like they live in their life. They're amazing. Different standard of obedience when we walk with the Lord. That he calls us to prosper in a place where he has our hearts. That the promises in Christ are yes and amen. That's how we respond. And Mary, of course, was greeted and the angel departed. I'm like, man, he didn't, he didn't curse her with not being able to hear or being mute or anything like that. And then, of course, we know that she travels to see her cousin Elizabeth, and in the stomach is John. You know, she could probably see she's six months advanced. She can see that she has a child, but it's no way that Elizabeth can know that, that Mary is pregnant except by the Holy Spirit. And then her child responds to the presence of Mary and her child coming, and she's filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. The first people to be filled with the Holy Spirit recorded in scripture was a woman who was with child. God, this precious gift that is the Holy Spirit that Jesus left for us was given to a child. And then after this time, the song of Mary or the Magnificat, where Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their throne and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever, and Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. So since she was six months advanced with the child, Mary stayed there till John was born, and then she returned to her home. Such a wonderful way to honor the tender, dear heart of Mary. To be honored by God very often means to be misunderstood by man. To have to go to a dinner party and explain why you're pregnant and you've still betrothed, you're not married. She was a mother before she was even a wife. And in this context in society, we see that as something is being taboo although it's more acceptable now. It's just like shacking up, you know what I'm saying? And you're not married. It's more acceptable now in society. But she was honored by God and misunderstood by men. 
that I've been in so many times where I've been in over my head and misunderstood and trying to figure out what God is doing and where I'm going. But I know those are the times where God leans, we're called to lean on God, and he shows up in his wonderful, beautiful way with his mercy. And he always gives us an opportunity to circumnavigate the systems and expectations of the world. So Mary responded in faith, although she was unready, and she believed God would circumnavigate the world's systems in this way. And she had been chosen for a purpose. I love how God always takes the shortcut. You know what I'm saying? Water into wine. Water is supposed to create grapes, and grapes are then crushed, and then they're fermented, and then they're bottled, and then they create wine. He just skips that whole process for us. What I've been trying to um, ingest recently is, God, what are my limiting beliefs and what you are able to do? Because we all have them. We were told a long time ago something that we really desired to do, that it was impossible, or we began to believe or saw people fail at a certain thing, and then we, it sunk in our hearts and said, God, that's impossible. It's not going to happen. I don't see how you can move out of the systems of the world, but God will not check in with the systems of the world when he delivers us a promise. He doesn't say you need a man to make a child. He doesn't say you need resources to make a promise happen. He says that I will give you and provide for you exceeding and abundantly above all that you could ask or think. That's beautiful. That a gift from God, even when it's unexpected, we could be received. God even will move heaven and earth so much to send an angel to show Mary favor. That he validates you in your promise and you don't need man's approval. Why, oh why, would God circumnavigate the systems of the world because this is what the systems of the world produce. This is the lynching memorial in Montgomery, um, Alabama. And all of those columns are supposed to represent the lynchings that happened in America. Um, And so they're all, you can't tell by the picture because it's in black and white, but they're all unfinished steel. And that unfinished steel, when it rains, it rusts. And all that rust looks like blood that is dripping down. Man, without the promises of God, this is all we can produce. We can produce manipulation. We can produce pain. We can produce control. We produce systems that that don't have any compassion or any empathy for each other. But God's promises will destroy any impossibilities that we see. I always think of how amazing it is that God would take all these important decisions and important things that need to happen, and he will hinge them on a person needing to make a decision. The whole line of Jesus had been risked so many times. It was amazing. From Ruth deciding to go with Naomi, Mary deciding to respond to the Lord, all these times where God had this precious cargo that is Jesus, and it was at risk by the free will of men. And I think that's because God does not overestimate the hearts that are committed to him and that love him and that are on fire 
for what God wants to do. In Romans 12 and 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and a perfect will of God. That knowing that he can exceed whatever expectations we have and we begin to transform our minds. I've been praying lately and um, God asked me, he was like, what are you praying for? I'm like, you know, I'm just praying to be closer to you. He's like, okay, we've done that for a little while. Now, what are you praying for? And in that answer, I found my limitations, which is I don't ask for anything. That I have come to a point sometimes where I just, I believe his promises in my heart, and I don't speak them out, but I just believe them, and I expect and I endure Instead of asking God out of my mouth for the things that he promised, Romans 10, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, then you will be saved. There is something that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I talk about this sometimes, us beginning to change our mind and renew our mind and speak the things that God has for us, um, his promises out to him. so that our unbelief doesn't remain intact. That even expectancy, as this whole series is, that was, that was a heart for it, is that expectancy would eat away at our unbelief. That we would believe what God is doing in us personally and more what he's doing in us as a community and a body. I found this picture in it. It's a great, um, our hearts, a heart reflecting the outside. Our heart reflects and begins to change and transform what's happening to us. In Luke 2, there's a story of Jesus being left at 12 years old in a temple and and they're traveling for three days and normally it's a caravan that you traveled in and parents just thought their kids were somewhere in a caravan and they go to find Jesus and he is in the temple teaching and the first thing that he says to them is didn't you know I would be in my father's house and after that moment that it's not written in what happened and they're on their way back home and it said Mary treasured these things in her heart as she treasured who Jesus was And so my question to you is, what things have you treasured in your heart? What things that he's given you glimpses of that you know he will take you into?